Chapters six through eleven, book ten, volume two of Le Mont d'Atio. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Benu Athanasia. Le Mont d'Atio, volume two, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Chapter six. Return again, said Sir Launcelot, for your quest is done for i have met with sir tristram lo here is his own person then was sir gawain glad and said to sir tristram ye are welcome for now have ye eased me greatly of my labour for what cause said sir gawain came ye into this court fair sir said sir tristram i came into this country because of sir palamidas for he and i had assigned at this day to have done battle together at the perron and i marvel i hear not of him and thus by adventure my lord sir launcelot and i met together with this came king arthur and when he wist that there was sir tristram then he ran unto him and took him by the hand and said sir tristram ye are as welcome as any knight that ever came to this court and when the king had heard how sir launcelot and he had foughten and either had wounded other wonderly sore then the king made great dole then sir tristram told the king how he came thither for to have had ado with sir palamidas and then he told the king how he had rescued him from the nine knights and bruised sans pitié and how he found a knight lying by a well and that knight smote down sir palamidas and me but his shield was covered with the cloth so sir palamidas left me and i followed after that knight and in many places i found where he had slain knights and for jousted many and when the king had heard how sir launcelot and he had foughten and either had wounded other wonderly sore then the king made great dole then sir tristram told the king how he came thither for to have had ado with sir palamidas and then he told the king how he had rescued him from the nine knights and bruised sans pitié and how he found a knight lying by a well and that knight smote down sir palamidas and me but his shield was covered with the cloth so sir palamidas left me and i followed after that knight and in many places i found where he had slain knights and for jousted many then king arthur took sir tristram by the hand and went to the table round then came queen guinevere and many ladies with her and all the ladies said at one voice welcome sir tristram welcome said the damsels welcome said knights welcome said arthur for one of the best knights and the gentlest of the world and the man of most worship for of all manner of hunting thou bearest the prize and of all measures of blowing thou art the beginning and of all the terms of hunting and hawking ye are the beginner of all instruments of music ye are the best therefore gentle knight said arthur ye are welcome to this court and also i pray you said arthur grant me a boon it shall be at your commandment said tristram well said arthur i will desire of you that ye will abide in my court so said sir tristram there too is me loath for i have ado in many countries not so said arthur ye have promised it me ye may not say nay sir said sir tristram i will as ye will then went arthur unto the sieges about the round table and looked in every siege the which were void that lacked knights and then the king saw in the siege of marhouse letters that said this is the siege of the noble knight sir tristram and then arthur made sir tristram knight of the table round with great nobly and great feast as might be thought for sir marhaus was slain afore by the hands of sir tristram in an island and that was well known at that time in the court of arthur for this marhaus was a worthy knight and for evil deeds that he did unto the country of cornwall sir tristram and he fought 
and they fought so long, tracing and traversing, till they fell bleeding to the earth, for they were so sore wounded that they might not stand for bleeding. And Sir Tristram by fortune recovered, and Sir Marhaus died through the stroke on the head. So leave we of Sir Tristram, and speak we of King Mark. Chapter 7 Then King Mark had great despite of the renown of Sir Tristram, and then he chased him out of Cornwall. Yet was he nephew unto King Mark, but he had great suspicion unto Sir Tristram because of his queen, La Belle Isoude. For him seemed that there was too much love between them both. So when Sir Tristram departed out of Cornwall into England, King Mark heard of the great prowess that Sir Tristram did there, the which grieved him sore. So he sent on his part men to espy what deeds he did, and the queen sent privily on her part spies to know what deeds he had done, for great love was between them twain. So when the messengers were come home, they told the truth as they had heard, that he passed all other knights, but if it were Sir Lancelot. Then King Mark was right heavy of these tidings, and as glad was Beelazud. Then in great despite he took with him two good knights and two squires, and disguised himself, and took his way into England, to the intent for to slay Sir Tristram. And one of these two knights was Hight Bersules, and the other knight was called Amant. So as they rode, King Mark asked a knight that he met where he should find King Arthur. He said, At Camelot. Also he asked that knight after Sir Tristram, whether he heard of him in the court of King Arthur. Wit you well, said that knight, you shall find Sir Tristram there for a man of as great worship as is now living, for through his prowess he won the tournament of the castle of maidens that standeth by the hard rock. And sithen he hath won with his own hands thirty knights that were men of great honour, and the last battle that ever he did he fought with Sir Lancelot, and that was a marvellous battle. And not by force Sir Lancelot brought Sir Tristram to the court, and of him King Arthur made passing great joy, and so made him knight of the table round. And his seat was where the good knight's Sir Marhaus seat was. Then was King Mark passing sorry when he heard of the honour of Sir Tristram, and so they departed. Then said King Mark unto his two knights, Now will I tell you my counsel. Ye are the men that I trust most to alive, and I will that ye wit my coming hither is to this intent, for to destroy Sir Tristram, by wiles or by treason, and it shall be hard if ever he escape our hands. Alas, said Sir Bersules, what mean you? For ye be set in such a way, ye are disposed shamefully. For Sir Tristram is the knight of most worship that we know living, and therefore I warn you plainly I will never consent to do him to the death and therefore I will yield my service and forsake you. When King Mark heard him say so, suddenly he drew his sword and said, Ah, traitor, and smote Sir Bersules on the head that the sword went to his teeth. When Amant the knight saw him do that villainous deed and his squires, they said it was foul done and mischievously. Wherefore we will do thee no more service, and wit ye well we will impeach thee of treason afore Arthur. Then was King Mark wonderly wroth and would have slain Amant, but he and the two squires held them together and set not by his malice. When King Mark saw he might not be revenged on them, he said thus unto the knight Amant, Wit thou well, and thou appeach me of treason, I shall thereof defend me afore King Arthur. But I require thee that thou tell not my name, that I am King Mark, whatsoever come of me. As for that, said Sir Amant, I will not discover your name. And so they departed, and Amant and his fellows took the body of Bersules and buried it. Chapter 8 Then King Mark rode till he came to a fountain, and there he rested him, and stood in a doubt whether he would ride to Arthur's court or none, or return again to his country. 
and as he thus rested him by that fountain there came by him a knight well armed on horseback and he alighted and tied his horse until a tree and set him down by the brink of the fountain and there he made great languor and dole and made the dolefulest complaint of love that ever man heard and all this while was he not ware of king mark and this was a great part of his complaint he cried and wept saying o fair queen of orkney king lot's wife and mother of sir gawain and to sir gaheris and mother to many other for thy love i am in great pains then king mark arose and went near him and said fair knight ye have made a piteous complaint truly said the knight it is an hundred part more ruefuller than my heart can utter i require you said king mark tell me your name sir said he as for my name i will not hide it from no knight that beareth a shield and my name is sir lamoric de gallus but when sir lamoric heard king mark speak then wist he well by his speech that he was a cornish knight sir said sir lamoric i understand by your tongue ye be of cornwall wherein there dwelleth the shamefulest king that is now living for he is a great enemy to all good knights and that proveth well for he hath chased out of that country sir tristram that is the worshipfullest knight that now is living and all knights speak of him worship and for jealousness of his queen he hath chased him out of his country it is pity said sir lamoric that ever any such false knight coward as king mark is should be matched with such a fair lady and good as la belle isoud is for all the world of him speaketh shame and of her worship that any queen may have i have not ado in this matter said king mark neither not will i speak thereof well said said sir lamoric sir can ye tell me any tidings i can tell you said sir lamoric that there shall be a great tournament in haste besides camelot at the castle of gagent and the king with the hundred knights and the king of ireland as i suppose make that tournament then there came a knight that was called sir dinadan and saluted them both and when he wist that king mark was a knight of cornwall he reproved him for the love of king mark a thousandfold more than did sir lamoric then he preferred to joust with king mark and he was full loath thereto but sir dinadan edged him so that he jousted with sir lamoric and sir lamoric smote king mark so sore that he bare him on his spear and over his horse's tail and then king mark arose again and followed after sir lamoric but sir dinadan would not joust with sir lamoric but he told king mark that sir lamoric was sir kay the seneschal that is not so said king mark for he is much bigger than sir kay and so he followed and overtook him and bade him abide what will you do said sir lamoric sir he said i will fight with the sword for ye have shamed me with the spear and therewith they dashed together with swords and sir lamoric suffered him and forbare him and king mark was passing hasty and smote thick strokes sir lamoric saw he would not stint and waxed somewhat wroth and doubled his strokes for he was one of the noblest knights of the world and he beat him so on the helm that his head hung nigh on the saddle-bow when sir lamoric saw him fare so he said sir knight what cheer meseemeth you have nigh your fill of fighting it were pity to do you any more harm for ye are but a mean knight therefore i give you leave to go where ye list grand mercy said king mark for ye and i be not matches then sir dinadan mocked king mark and said ye are not able to match a good knight as for that said king mark at the first time i jousted with this knight ye refused him think ye that it is a shame to me said sir dinadan nay sir it is ever worship to a knight to refuse that thing that he may not attain therefore your worship had been much more to have refused him as i did for i warn you plainly he is able to beat such five as ye and i be for ye knights of cornwall are no men of worship as other knights are and because ye are no men of worship ye hate all men of worship 
for never was bred in your country such a knight as is sir tristram chapter nine then they rode forth all together king mark sir lamorick and sir dinadan till that they came to a bridge and at the other end thereof stood a fair tower then saw they a knight on horseback well armed brandishing a spear crying and preferring himself to joust now said sir dinadan unto king mark yonder are two brethren that one hight elaine and the other hight trion that will joust with any that passeth this passage now prefer yourself said dinadan to king mark for ever ye be laid to the earth then king mark was ashamed and therewith he futured his spear and hurtled to sir trion and either brake their spears all to pieces and passed through anon then sir trion sent king mark another spear to joust more but in no wise he would not joust no more then they came to the castle all three knights and prayed the lord of the castle of harbour ye are right welcome said the knights of the castle for the love of the lord of this castle the which hight sir tor le Fiseries, and then they came into a fair court well repaired and they had passing good cheer till the lieutenant of this castle that hight berluse espied king mark of cornwall then said berluse sir knight i know you better than you ween for ye are king mark that slew my father afore mine own eyen and me had ye slain had i not escaped into a wood but wit ye well for the love of my lord of this castle i will neither hurt you nor harm you nor none of your fellowship but wit ye well when ye are past this lodging i shall hurt you and i may for you slew my father traitorly but first for the love of my lord sir tor and for the love of sir lamorick the honourable knight that here is lodged ye shall have none ill lodging for it is pity that ever ye should be in the company of good knights for ye are the most villainous knight or king that is now known alive for ye are a destroyer of good knights and all that ye do is but treason chapter ten then was king mark sore ashamed and said but little again but when sir lamorick and sir dinadan wist that he was king mark they were sorry of his fellowship so after supper they went to lodging so on the morn they arose early and king mark and sir dinadan rode together and three mile from their lodging there met with them three knights and sir berluse was one and that other his two cousins sir berluse saw king mark and then he cried on high traitor keep thee from me for wit thou well that i am berluse sir knight said sir dinadan i counsel you to leave off at this time for he is riding to king arthur and because i have promised to conduct him to my lord king arthur needs must i take a part with him howbeit i love not his condition and fain i would be from him well dinadan said sir berluse me repenteth that ye will take part with him but now do your best and then he hurtled to king mark and smote him sore upon the shield that he bare him clean out of his saddle to the earth that saw sir dinadan and he futured his spear and ran to one of berluse's fellows and smote him down off his saddle then dinadan turned his horse and smote the third knight in the same wise to the earth for sir dinadan was a good knight on horseback and there began a great battle for berluse and his fellows held them together strongly on foot and so through the great force of sir dinadan king mark had berluse to the earth and his two fellows fled and had not been sir dinadan king mark would have slain him and so sir dinadan rescued him of his life for king mark was but a murderer and then they took their horses and departed and left sir berluse there sore wounded then king mark and sir dinadan rode forth the four leagues english till that they came to a bridge where hoped a knight on horseback armed and ready to joust lo said sir dinadan unto king mark yonder hoveth a knight that will joust for there shall none pass this bridge but he must joust with that knight it is well said king mark 
for this joust falleth with thee. So Dinadan knew the knight well, that he was a noble knight, and fain he would have jousted, but he had had liefer King Mark had jousted with him. But by no mean King Mark would not joust. Then Sir Dinadan might not refuse him in no manner. And then either dressed their spears and their shields, and smote together, so that through fine force Sir Dinadan was smitten to the earth. And lightly he rose up, and gat his horse, and required that knight to do battle with swords. And he answered and said, Fair knight, as at this time I may not have ado with you no more, for the custom of this passage is such. Then was Sir Dinadan passing wroth that he might not be revenged of that knight, and so he departed, and in no wise would that knight tell his name. But ever Sir Dinadan thought he should know him by his shield, that it should be Sir Tor. Chapter 11 So as they rode by the way, King Mark then began to mock Sir Dinadan, and said, I have ado with you in no manner. But I require you of one thing, that when ye come to Arthur's court, discover not my name, for I am there so hated. It is shame to you, said Sir Dinadan, that ye govern you so shamefully, for I see by you ye are full of cowardice, and ye are a murderer, and that is the greatest shame that a knight may have. For never a knight being a murderer hath worship, nor never shall have. For I saw but late through my force ye would have slain Sir Berluce, a better knight than ye, or ever ye shall be, and more of prowess. Thus they rode forth, talking till they came to a fair place, where stood a knight, and prayed them to take their lodging with him. So at the request of that knight they reposed them there, and made them well at ease, and had great cheer. For all errant knights were welcome to him, and especially all those of Arthur's court. Then Sir Dinadan demanded his host what was the knight's name that kept the bridge. For what cause ask you it? said the host. For it is not long ago, said Sir Dinadan, sithen he gave me a fall. Ah, fair knight, said his host, thereof have you no marvel, for he is a passing good knight, and his name is Sir Tor, the son of Ares Levasher. Ah, said Sir Dinadan, was that Sir Tor? For truly so ever me thought. Right as they stood thus talking together, they saw come riding to them over a plain, six knights of the court of King Arthur, well armed at all points and there by their shields sir dinadan knew them well the first was the good knight sir uwain the son of king uriens the second was the noble knight sir brandiles the third was ozana le curehardy the fourth was uwain less adventurous the fifth was sir agravain the sixth sir mordred brother to sir gawain when sir dinadan had seen these six knights he thought in himself he would bring king mark by some while to joust with one of them and anon they took their horses and ran after these knights well a three-mile english then was king mark ware where they sat all six about a well and ate and drank such meats as they had and their horses walking and some tied and their shields hung in divers places about them lo said sir dinadan yonder are knights errant that will joust with us god forbid said king mark for they be six and we but two as for that, said Sir Dinadan, let us not spare, for I will assay the foremost, and therewith he made him ready. When King Mark saw him do so, as fast as Sir Dinadan rode toward them, King Mark rode forward them with all his menial miny. So when Sir Dinadan saw King Mark was gone, he set the spear out of the rest, and threw his shield upon his back, and came riding to the fellowship of the table round. And anon Sir Uwain knew Sir Dinadan and welcomed him, and so did all his fellowship. End of chapters 6 through 11. Recording by Benu Athanasia.